help wanted. As I was thinking, as I was preparing for the message, uh, I, need, I, know I need to move on, but as I was preparing for the message, I was thinking about growing up as a preacher's kid, and I, get, I, I began to think about a few jobs where my help wasn't needed. And I really like to look for those uh, opportunities because they were opportunities to be very, 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 uh, just uh, kind of uh, crazy, I guess. And I'll never forget, uh, there was a couple that was getting married in the church where my dad pastored, and, uh, and the groom had a 47 Studebaker cu- uh, coupe, and it was, it was a six-cylinder, and so I had a buddy that would, he was a daring fellow, he would do about anything I asked him to do, and so I told him, I said, come to the wedding, we're not going in to celebrate, we're going to do some pranking during the wedding. And so they had driven the Studebaker up for a quick getaway in front of the church. The wedding was going on. Going on. My dad was conducting the wedding. And while he was conducting the wedding, we were conducting the mis- mischievous things that always make a wedding a great success. We jacked up the back of that Studebaker. We had cut a watermelon in two, and we stuck a watermelon rind underneath each of the back tires. And then we popped the hood. We pulled the spark plug off because a 47 six-cylinder Studebaker doesn't run very good hitting on five cylinders. The wedding's over. The bride and the groom, they come out. They're getting ready to make their departure, and they start the Studebaker, and, boy, it's not running good. And then they put... I, I, I just... Remember, there's a lady in this building that knew me then. She's here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to finish the story. They put the Studebaker in gear, and it won't go anywhere. I mean, I mean, mission accomplished. <laughs> they put it in a different gear, and it wouldn't go anywhere. And he started just floorboarding, and it was making a lot of noise, but it wasn't going anywhere. And behind other parked cars was the mysterious two that had accomplished a job, and we thought it was well done. (laughs) Until the mother of the bride came out, and she spoke these Christian words over two kids that were hiding, two senior boys that were hiding, (laughs) and out of her reach, she said, if I could find who did this, I'd kill them. (laughs) Help wanted. We don't need that kind (laughs) of... We don't need that kind of help, but I was processing some scriptures as I was preparing for this message today, and I came across uh, Psalms chapter 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the Lord God of Jacob defend you. May he send help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Psalms chapter 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, and though its waters roar and be troubled, and though mountains shake with its swelling. There's a river whose stream shall be made glad, the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. I lost my place. God shall help her. Just at the break of dawn. For those this morning that may have allowed life to weigh you down. For those of you this morning that may be carrying hurts from days have gone by. May there be those this morning whose dreams have vanished. And may there be those this morning who just seems like the thing, everything you start to do just doesn't seem to get there. It just evaporates in, in life. I want to encourage you this morning. You need to stamp this, these words across your heart. 
help wanted. There's nothing in this world that can be accomplished that's worth accomplishing without God's help. And he's a very present help in time of need. And Jeremiah 33 says, if you'll call on him, if you'll do your part, if you'll call on him, he'll answer you, and he'll show you things that you don't know anything about. That's the reason I'm standing where I'm at today, because I knew nothing. And I still know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. But I do know this. When you allow him to be Lord of your life, and when you allow his life to become your life, and you allow your life to be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ with God, nothing is impossible. And as I look at Isaiah chapter 61 this morning, and I want to read that scripture to you. It was on the, uh, on the overhead, but I want to read it to you this morning because it's what the Holy Spirit touched my life with to share with you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Who has he anointed me to preach to? Oh, come on, you're going to help me this morning. I want everybody to get to church. It's 15 to 12. If you'll help me, we'll, we'll all finish up at the same time. All right. He has sent me to preach the gospel to the well, you're half of you are there. Come on, let's get it. The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he, the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the Lord. Oh, you're doing better. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal who? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. I've heard you at the ball games. He has sent me to bring healing to who? Broken the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives under the opening of prison to those who are bound. And I'm going to include verse 2, even though I didn't intend to, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about help wanted. Deep sea divers enter the water with tanks on their backs. These tanks can carry, carry oxygen. And the purpose of the tank strapped on the back is so that they can make it to a foreign world. Water is not the natural habitat for you and me. It's not the normal place for divers to live. So in order for them to survive in the foreign world of water, they need to be connected to a source from which their real world operates. In order for them to make it into that world, they need air from this world. In other words, if they get disconnected from the air from this world, they won't last long in that world. Their connection is the key to their survival because they weren't meant to live in water. So they borrow from this world in order to live from that world. The life source in this life of a Christian is the Holy Spirit. God has given the Christian a life source because this world, in order to sustain your Christian walk to the, to the, in this world, you have to be plugged into his world. In order to live here and make it, you need to be connected to a life source from the real world. If you get, get, get disconnected from the life source from the real world, you won't make it in this world as a Christ follower. You'll be gagging for air because this world doesn't offer the, the real life substance that God has to offer. And we're living in a foreign territory this, this morning. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. The life source comes through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that enables us to rise with wings as eagles, to run and not be weary, and to walk and not faint. Help wanted? Yes, you and I as believers must have the help of the Holy Spirit who enables us to accomplish the things that only He can allow us to accomplish. There was a famous commercial a few years ago, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh what a relief it is. How many can tell me what that was? 
What was it? Oh, come on. What was it? Alka-Seltzer. The commercial advertised Alka-Seltzer, the medicine designed to an aid for upset stomachs. Alka-Seltzer would be activated by the act of dropping two tablets into water. Anybody ever done that? A few of us. The ensuing reaction is quite volcanic. When people accept Christ as Savior, God drops the Holy Spirit into our nature. And there's a volcanic transformation that takes place on the inside. God's Spirit, His presence is designed to bring about a change and to upset our normal life, or upset our minds, and upset our circumstances. And God did this so that people would discover, oh, what a relief it is. There's a world out there that's looking for relief. And can I tell you, you're more than an Alka-Seltzer today. God has sent you into this world to, for the real deal. Yeah. And that's so the world can know there's a relief in Jesus Christ. Yeah. To know that it's not more than an upset, upset stomach. That's people, uh, there are people this morning that are poor in spirit. There are people in this world today, they only know God by the name of a curse word. There's people in this world that don't know anything about pro except pro pro profanity, and they, that's the only way they have to express themselves. There's poor people today. They, they can do nothing but criticize and find fault. They, there's people in this world today that have no hope. They just feel like the whole world's going to hell in a hat basket, and they're really, some of them are really glad for that. Listen to me this morning. You're more than an Alka-Seltzer for this world. The world has a sign that's posted in the window of their heart today. Help wanted. And can I tell you this morning, as much as I'd like to tell you otherwise, help will never be found in politics. Oh. Oh. God is a present help in time of need. There are times when we don't know what to say, what to do. There are times when I knocked on the door when somebody had been taken from this life so suddenly, and on the way to the door, I said, God, what in the world am I going to say today? And sometimes it's only a language, it's tears streaming down my cheek, and I hug those people that have said goodbye to a young person in their life so suddenly. Nobody was even prepared for it. And when they open the door, I see this sign, help wanted, and I plead, God, you're the power of the Holy Spirit. Enable me just to be the expression of heaven. And God wants the expression upon all of you. And I'm saying to this congregation, God is, has a sign posted this morning to this church for this community. Help is wanted. We have the mind of Christ, even though sometimes we, I use this, the mind of Orville. It doesn't really work too good, but now and then it's so handy. What's the difference this morning in a believer and a non-believer? What's the difference between a Christian that's just, just bought into the relationship with Jesus for fire, for, for fire protection? They don't want to go to hell, but they just want to know Jesus. They want their name in the book of life. What is the expression of that life when the going gets tough? When the pedal hits a metal, when, when the marriage is on the rock, and when children have made bad decisions, what do people do? They look for people like you and I that has the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to go places we would never go without the power of the Holy Spirit. And yes, may we find every day opening our, the heart's door of our life and say to heaven, help is wanted, God. You're a present help in time of need, and you're the only reason for the season. But with you, I'm going to make it. Yeah. Let me ask you this question this morning. What's the difference between a rowboat and a speedboat? 
The difference is I want you to row and I want to speed. Pretty good analysis. A rowboat requires human effort, does it not? Anybody ever had an oar and, and there's just one oar in the boat? And if you didn't hit this side, the boat just went in circles? A rowboat requires human effort, and a speedboat moves based on another power source. A rowboat represents my determination to get there, and a speedboat represents a Christian who relies on the power of the Holy Spirit to propel him forward into the Christian life and get him where he needs to go. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Again, the text, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. When Lydia goes to the places that they've never seen in a, in a white person, the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Why would a person leave the, the place called America to go to those places? It takes the Spirit of the Lord, it takes the anointing. What does the Bible say about the anointing? The anointing will break the yoke of bondage. And God is the best gardener that I ever had. He wants my life to be pure. He wants it to be holy. And so many times we can let the weeds of life grow up in the garden that God has planted inside of us, such as pride, selfishness, my way or no way. God knows how, through the power of the Holy Spirit, He knows how to enable us to come to the place we can say to the chief gardener, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the poor. What is the good tidings? Probably the greatest message of good tidings would be these words, for God so loved the world that he gave the only son that he had. Well, that's good news. That no one would perish, but that all would have everlasting life. That's the message that you and I carry. That's a message that the Holy Spirit embeds in our spirit when we become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only the poor, he sent us to heal the brokenhearted. And can I say this? You don't have to go looking for brokenhearted people today. They've got a sign tattooed across the, their heart this morning saying, I need help. Is there anybody that knows? Is there anybody that knows? I've looked through the bars of prison at preachers that made bad decisions. And I've looked through those bars and I thought, Lord, had it not been for the mercies of God, I could have been where he's been. I've walked into prisons where moms and dads, sons and daughters have gone because of bad decisions, and I think, oh, God, only, any, only somebody who's been there could know the brokenheartedness and the ministry that so need, is needed. Sometimes it's just with an arm around your shoulders or a pat on your back. It's saying, Pastor, I prayed for you. How about this? Not only has he anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, but to proclaim liberty to the captives. We live in such a world of addiction today. 
We live in such a world where there's something to depend on. You can, you can, you, you can depend on about anything in it anymore, but the things that the world has to offer is very, very, has a very short life period. But the things that God has to offer are eternal. And I'm going to close this morning. My time is out, but I'm going to tell you this morning that God has no boundaries for you and for me. When we look upon the needs of our community today and we look beyond the needs in the foreign countries this morning, no matter where you look, help is needed. Help wanted. And I'm so glad that God has empowered this church to be a help to many people in our community. Not only in this community, but around the world. And as we prepare for the days ahead, God wants us to know one thing. He's in the business of binding up brokenhearted people. And sometimes we think, God, you're just going to give me a new heart. Sometimes he just takes the heart that we have and he puts it back together again. But with God, nothing is impossible. And I want to challenge the congregation this morning. In this closing moment, I want you just to bow your head. And I want you just to allow the Holy Spirit to have a conversation with you this morning. Who is there in your life today that's bitter at the world? Nothing ever goes right for them. Their life is so full of anger. Their life is so full of hate that they could not express a word of kindness even to the dog that sleeps on their front porch. How about that one who's gone to the hospital knowing that their time is up? I got a text this past week, Orville. One of your classmates is over at Fairview in the hospital with just days to live. I knew exactly what that meant. I traveled to fear of you. I went to the room where he was laying, and he said these words, good to see you, pal. I just need to tell you, Orville, this is my last stop here. I've just got days, I've just got hours to live, but I'm so glad you came to see me one more time because I'm going to tell you, Orville, I made Jesus Lord of my life. And boy, have I got something to look forward to. This gentleman had been to Vietnam. He had lost both legs at the knees, but he was a tough brute. I'm telling you, there was nothing that he would not that he would not entertain doing. There was nothing that seemed to be an impossibility with him. As I came from the grocery store last night, another classmate from Fairview said, Orville, how are you? And he said, do you know our friend? He called him by name. He passed away this morning. Have you heard? I said, no. I haven't heard of his home going, but I did hear some good news. One day he opened his heart and Jesus saw the help wanted sign across his heart. And he realized Romans 10 and 9 was his plead with the Lord. And he confessed with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believed in his heart that God raised from the dead. And he asked Jesus to forgive him of his sins. And not only did Jesus forgive him, but he wrote his name in the book of life. I know 99% of this congregation here this morning. And I know 99% of you are born-again believers, and probably 100% of 
But I want you to stand this morning as you're allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And I want you to uh, allow the Lord to show you somebody that has their help, help wanted sign. Maybe they've got it covered up just so that you can't read it word for word, but you can read it from their spirit. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. When you leave here, I'll, I'm just believing God is going to ignite your spirit with the Holy Spirit that enables us to be able to be a help to those in this community. Maybe there's somebody who's suffering on the other end of the uh, uh, other side of our, our world today, and they're needing help. They're needing a word of encouragement. And you just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart this morning. And when you get home today, you're going to make that phone call. And you're going to make things, you're, you're going to have a word of encouragement. You're going to minister to them through the power of the Holy Spirit because that Spirit is made available to you and I. And God has commissioned us to tell the world the good news. When God is for us, who can be against us? God, I thank you this morning. I thank you for this opportunity you've given us to serve you with joy and gladness. And I thank you for an awesome congregation that knows how to respond to the goodness of God and they know how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And then it takes the Holy Spirit to enable us to be obedient to what you've spoken. Lord, today may the help wanted sign always, Lord, be in our focus as we, as we see world, people in this world, and this world is full of people that need help. Thank you for all you've done, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.